The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we're lucky to have with us Jose Del Cueto, who is quite an interesting individual. I met him in a very interesting way, I'll tell you about too. But this guy's got some life story, and his brain is a little bit different. Jose, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love, love to be here, Hacky. We well, are very, uh, very kind of you to be here. So uh, I'll tell our audience now Gretchen and I were down in Keys. And we're at this very nice uh, dining and drinking establishment. And uh, we sat down with you because there was no place else to sit down. And we just started talking. And one of the more interesting people I've met. <laughs> um, and what I'm going to do, Jose, is I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the audience before I mess it up. So my name is Jose del Cueto, and I am I am an individual that has had an, a very uh, textured past to, to, to use interesting words for lack for lack of a better uh, description. Um, but that somewhere in the middle of his life, um, or actually, yeah, a little, little, little before the middle of my life, I things turned and I started getting lucky. And um, and then towards the last part of my life, I found out of all things that I have a very different brain. I am in the absolute neurodivergent group, but medically tested to the umpteenth degrees. And that led me to actually the starting conversation with Hacky to write a book about my life story. And I think the the my my publisher picked a really good a name for it because the, the book is called Broken, like everybody else, because we're all a little broken, uh, some of us more than others. But uh, that's 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 in a nutshell who I am. I'm a, a man that that has had an interesting journey in life and continue having an interesting journey. Tell us some of the ways you've been broken. Well, it's interesting because at age fifty-nine, uh, I set I, I said I said on a course that many men, uh, I guess, do um, certainly certainly businessmen like myself. Um, there's they they say that we all have a book inside of us and. Um, we all kind of want to share knowledge when you hit a certain stage of your life. So I said, well, I think I can probably get both of those done if I up my entire life in South Florida, everything I've worked for for a lifetime, sell everything and go live in a little town in Northern Florida called Gainesville, Florida. So I basically went and I, at 59, upended my life. And my wife and I moved to Gainesville, Florida, where I had unfinished business. First and foremost, 
I did not graduate the University of Florida. I dropped out in my senior year in college, get this, in advertising, a career which I've had a stellar career without the degree. So here I'm going back to Gainesville where I wanna teach advertising the, the college uh, faculty uh, and administrators are thrilled that someone with my experience would be willing to move to Gainesville and share knowledge and, and become a professor. But they said, but Joe, there's, or Jose, there's a small detail. You need to finish <laughs> school. <laughs> so, so I said, wait, wait, don't I get life credits for you know having worked on a worldwide basis in, in this industry? And they said, well, we'll give you some, but you're still gonna have to do some student work and sure, we'll let you teach right away. And but you still have to be a student. So you can imagine what that movie looks like. Uh, a fully grown man, accomplished man that is doing this really out of a kick. Um, yet I'm riding a bike with a backpack and books in my bag part of the day, and then I'm in the front of the the classroom the other part of the day. It, it was very odd. But Tell our audience, if you would, about your accomplished career prior to that. Sure. I mean, I like like I've said, I, I'm 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 one of those very, very lucky individuals. Um I was I got into the media business without knowing a lick of media. As a matter of fact, it's one of the courses I failed. Well, while at the University of Florida 40 some years ago, um, I failed media. And of all things, now as an adult, a 26 year old, when I started in this whole, this game of, of advertising and media, someone said, you know, you gotta be in Spanish language television. And I said, what, what on God's earth is that? Uh, Cause it wasn't a thing. Trust me, when I tell you it was not a thing. It was 15 guys, I call it 15 guys, and some Mexican partners uh, and a cable channel. That's that's what I that's what I got myself into uh, in Miami, Florida. Well, that to make a long story short, that turned out to be Univision, uh, which at last time it was sold, it was sold for fifteen billion dollars with a B. <laughs> uh, yeah, we took the company public a couple of times. The stock split a bunch of times. Then we all left really early in our careers. I mean, I must have been thirty years old. Um, and we said, we're bored, let's do it again. And we found ourselves a kind of a sketchy financier that became quite famous for uh, financial instruments called junk bonds, a fellow by the name of Michael Milken, who raised, who raised a few hundred million dollars because we had an idea that we wanted to start TV network number two. And I went to live in New York, and that's called Telemundo these days. <laughs> and we started and launched Telemundo all around the country. So, I mean, after that, we, you know, I've been basically on my own with my own firm, uh, delving in media and in advertising. Now let's go backwards. Mm -hmm. Now that our audience knows how successful and visionary you've been, right? And you're very humble, too, because you're talking about, yeah, you know, uh, Univision, I started that, you know, <laughs> Spanish TV, on and on and everything. Now let's go back to the sketchy part. 
tell our share with our audience about that. Because <laughs> I want to inspire our audience that something I tell our neurodivergent interns here at Different Brains. It's the same we used to have in Jersey City where I grew up when my folks had a gas station. It's not how you start the race, it's how you finish. Right. Tell our audience a bit of how you started the race. Well, it, yeah, the, the beginning of my, of my life was, was a complicated one. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Cuban refugee. So uh, basically I was, you know, my parents left Cuba when I was three years old. And we bounced around quite a bit uh, until we finally settled in Puerto Rico, um, where I went to um, I went to boarding school. My, I lost my father very very young, um, and and my mother was not well. She was unwell. She had a lot of mental health issues. She then created dependency issues on drugs and whatnot. So I was pretty much on my own since I was maybe 10 years old, 11 years old. Uh, and all the bad things that can happen, all of them happen. I mean, from being, you know, uh, assaulted and raped when I was young, a young, a young man, uh, to getting, getting myself in all kinds of trouble. Um, and later on in life, uh, you know, as I finished it, my my high school in Puerto Rico, barely finished my high school in Puerto Rico, um, I decided to come come of all places to Miami, Florida. Talk about talk about you know a bad decision in life. Uh, Miami in the mid seventies was the epicenter of the drug world. I mean, it, it, it and here I was basically an orphan. Uh, with no rhyme or reason really to be around, you know, any good, good, any good reason to be in South Florida. And yet here I am, right? In the middle, in the middle of this town that's filled with all kinds of ethnic groups, all vying for the same thing. Everybody wanted to buy or sell a drug. Uh, and um, very quickly, my, I guess my business skills kicked in and, and I found out how to, how to navigate all worlds from the Cuban clans to the Italian clans to the Jewish clans to the, you know, New Jersey, you know, clans to <laughs> you name it. I was kind of in between all of them because I was not exactly the, you know, the most stable of ships. Um, I was doing a whole bunch of couch surfing, living with friends and, uh, and, that led me to say, this is no good. A lot of my friends were incarcerated. A lot of my friends were actually assassinated, which is really, really tragic. Uh, and, and this is pre-cocaine cowboys. So we weren't even dealing in coke. Uh, we were dealing in, in, in weed I mean, and, and bringing in all kinds of things from South America and whatnot. But, but it was dangerous, extremely dangerous, uh, something that um, later in life, I would find out why why I wasn't afraid, which is you know kind of an intriguing point to the neuro neurodivergent community. It's it's a warning, but it's also a, a very important superpower that we all have. Uh, so later, I I moved to, to Gainesville, Florida, where I where I attempted to go to go through the University of Florida, and like I said, I made it all the way. All I almost graduated, um, but. Um, really became uh, dependent myself 
Um, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree, became dependent myself on all kinds of substances and, uh, and you know, kind of messed up. Uh, so there was only a one option, but to go back home to Puerto Rico where I had grown up and, and see if I could figure it out then. That's where I met my wife. Um, when did you hit rock bottom? But Gainesville, Gainesville, Florida, December 1980. Five years later, I said, I'm next. I mean, if my friends are incarcerated and dead, I'm just next. It's it's coming. I, I'm not going to avoid this anymore. I, you can run, but you can't hide. Um, and um, yeah, at that point, it just I just had... I call it my my first uh, <laughs> mental breakdown or nervous breakdown, you know, that I can recall uh, of just totally melting down and and uh, and saying I don't know what to do anymore. Um, so home was kind of an elusive term. My mother was very sick. Uh, she was she was dangerous to me, as a matter of fact. But yet it's the, it was the only place I could go to. Um, so I, I packed my bags, I burned my, I burnt my uh, little black book, I, my proverbial little black book, it actually existed where I had all my contacts, uh, burned it in the airport parking lot. And I said, I'm not looking back. Um, little, little did I know that 50 years later, I'd be back in Gainesville trying to teach college in the very same place where I burned down. But that's a, that's a, that, 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 that I lived to find another day, but yeah, so that that rock bottom led me to what changed my life because after after meeting uh, Sydney, which you met, Hacky, um, Sydney already Sydney was already an adult because she um, had uh, become pregnant when she was eighteen years old, so she already had a child, and I went from being a complete reckless, careless human being to a, an instant parent with no no. No in between, just okay. Now we have this child uh, in our lives, and uh, and within a matter of a year, year, year and a half or so, we were getting married and having our second child now on the way. And I said, "Okay, game over. I guess I guess I need to figure this out. It has to be legal, though." Um, and and that led me to. To the uh, to the irony of returning to Miami, so it seems like I, I I returned to old places with different agendas. So I I actually returned to Miami as as again an immigrant. So when I when I hear these stories about the immigrants and Hispanic immigrants and whatnot, I am one. I I myself um, left my wife two 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 kids, two babies, one of them recently born, ten days old. And I came, I came north, I came to Miami to look for a job. Uh, and I left my wife behind in Puerto Rico with a promise of I'll send for you, honey, uh, kind of a thing. And, uh, and lo and behold, I get a job at a cable network with 15 guys. Yes, that, <laughs> that's the gist of it. So I got very, very, very lucky. Well, that's great. And, and you know, I wanted our audience to hear because Sometimes we mistakenly think that everybody just starts off at the top. They're born into it. They do this and that. 
and your story is certainly inspirational. We're not going to dwell on bad decisions you made early, sure. and we're not going to dwell on all the trauma you sustained on the way up, which you've only scratched the surface of, and we, we uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Share with our audience how you would label yourself. I think labels are a lousy way to describe human beings, but what are some of the labels you think that you have? Meaning labels of on a, a mental health uh, level, on a health level. Well, I think I think I'm an extremely healthy human being now, um, but um, that's because I work at it a lot. I mean, when I say a lot, I have a lot of a lot of tricks that I use, a lot of tools that I've learned to that I've picked up along the way to help me on my mental health. I I meditate every single day. I, I, actually meditated right before this interview um but healthy i am healthy as a as a human being i, I go to the gym a lot i work out a lot I, I work um i am i could be retired i could have been retired 10 years ago and i i still uh, enjoy working a lot um i'm 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 very involved in my community i'm involved in foster care i've been on the board of directors for the foster care system in um the last seven years, uh, and uh, and also for in Habitat for Humanity, which is you know uh, housing for the impoverished and whatnot. So I, I try to keep a balance of things. But if if we were to try to tell your audience, you know, some of the labels that I got, where I got to say, oh boy, so I am neurodivergent. No wonder, you know, a lot of things came together when I got those labels, that happened in Gainesville, Florida and I, at age 59 years of age, at 59. Um, as a student, I was having difficulties um, with, particularly with math, with statistics. Now, here's a media guy, a data guy, because that's what I do these days, data-driven digital media. It's all math. But yet, I was in college, University of Florida, in a beginner's, I like, the freshman level statistics course, and it was melting me. It was melting me down. Uh, I could not hack it. I here I thought I was just rusty, um, and of course I'm I'm already a pretty self-made man. So you know you can't hack something. Try to buy it first, and then if you can't buy it, find a consultant. That's the that's part two. And in college, a consultant means a tutor. Um, so I hired a, you know, the, a, a super smart statistician uh, as a tutor to help work with me seven, five days a week and help me pass this statistics course where it, that's where really ground zero of me finding out how broken I was because we would do all the work and when the quiz would, would happen, they were online quizzes so you could I could have easily, easily cheated on those quizzes because uh, I had a tutor right next to me that I was my that was on my payroll. Um, he was a he was an honest young man, and he said, "No, no, you take the quiz yourself. I'm, I'll be right here for moral support, but take the quiz. I'd love it for you to at least learn the stuff." And he saw how I started choking and how I started panicking and whatnot. And again, I thought it was. I'm just not used to this stuff. This is this is for the birds. Who needs this? Um, uh, 
And after the quiz, my 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 tutor actually in the library in the University of Florida, one of the main libraries, we put up in in a, in a big screen the, the the problems, you know, so pretty long math, and says, Joe, read it out loud. And I go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. He goes, that's not what it says. Do it again. I was transposing numbers, decimal points, words. I said, what is going on? I, 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 what is this? He goes, I don't know, but but you will never ever pass this course if you can't read the question. Because you can have all the answers you want, but if you can't read the question, there's absolutely no way you can pass the course. So being an adult, being part, part faculty at the University of Florida, I went back to my dean and I said, look at what happened to me. I, what do you think? And they said, well, those are not good signs. Let me put it to you this way. Uh, would you like to be tested? I said, how much is it going to cost me? First question. And of course, the answer was nothing. You'll be a guinea pig. And I was very fortunate. Uh, I was very fortunate, Hecky, because the University of Florida excels in, in many things, but one of them is medical research. And it, it, it at the time, they had one of the most advanced uh, Neuro neurological pathway um, research center in the country, perhaps even the world, where they were actually understanding and manipulating the way information is processed from being outside of your body all the way through to your ability to learn it, regurgitate it, hold on to it, and so on and so forth. So they they put me through this grueling, crazy, crazy process. Took hours upon hours, and I don't, I don't deserve, I, I don't wish this upon my worst enemy. Uh, uh, and at the end, you know, they gave me the bad news, which was, well, Joe, you are extremely, you have extreme dyslexia. I said, okay, first time I've ever heard this. Um, you also have extreme ADHD. I said, oh, okay, I knew I had some sort of a tangent thing, but what's the H stand for? No, the H, the H is the hyperactive disorder, which makes it more and more acute. And then it brings a lot of little travel companions with it. You also have this thing called dysgraphia, which means I don't understand my handwriting. And it's and and I got to find out, again, being a student, a 59-year-old student, I was taking notes as quick, quickly as I can, and then I go home and I couldn't understand a thing I wrote. Uh, so imagine this. Now this 59-year-old Miami man that lives in the nicest part of Gainesville, but yet is a student part-time, is now, now with his tail between his legs going to the Disabilities Resource Center, the DRC, um, of the University of Florida, because I need to now officially register myself as a disabled student. I said, this, this has got to be, this has got to be the lowest point of my life. How could I possibly be disabled? I've had a crazy good life. I don't belong here. Uh, only to find out that well, I did. Uh, and there I found all kinds of neurodivergent students like me. Some had other things that were all kids and cousins. They were related somehow, some way. At that point is when 
I just figure, okay, well, what caused this? Because, you know, I'm I'm a curious individual. I mean, I, you know, one thing is to have all these diagnoses and this empirical science say, this is what's happening. And this is just math. It's happening. It's a definitive answer. But I want to know why. How? Why is it there? And how come I never knew about it? Or if I knew about it, how did I manage to sidestep it all? Um, and within, within that process of, of being the University of Florida, it was very stressful. Being a student was extremely stressful. Sitting next to a 20-year-old that's just learning something you've managed to do a worldwide career on. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So that, that led me to, you know, really try to dig into, to start taking notes of my experience. I said, I need to chronicle this thing. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know whether I'm going to finish, stay, go. I, I have no idea. I don't need to do any of this. But one thing I'm going to do is just for my own humor, I'm going to chronicle my every day in Gainesville, Florida. And I'm, and I'm a very a dedicated person. So, so, so I, I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote just day one, day two, day three, day 200. Right. Um, and here I thought I was writing a book. I actually thought I was writing a book. Uh, so because the college where I attended and the college where I taught was a college of journalism and communications, I went to dinner with one of my colleagues slash professor um, who is an author. And I said, I want to show you something. And I showed her my manuscript, my, I don't know, 200,000 words, some crazy number like that, that I had written about my, my last five months in Gainesville, Florida, freaking out um, and freaking out with all these diagnoses and all, all this stuff going through my mind. I said, I think I have a book here. And she she looks at me over there and she goes, no, Joe, that's not a book. That's a diary for crying out loud. And okay, <laughs> nobody's interested in that. Um, tell me about your life. And that's how that started. And when I started Once Upon a Time and took her through, you know, a few of my, you know, decades, she goes, no, that's a book. And I said, but I'm not an author. She goes, but I am. So I can give you sort of the, 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 cookie, the cookie trail that you're going to follow. I'm just going to tell you what to write. You're going to write it in your own words, but I'm just going to tell you what I'd what I like to know. Uh, and that's what led me to write the book. Uh, and in the quest of why I, why I was broken the way that I was, um, I apparently I had bottled up, repressed all the trauma in my childhood. I, I had repressed it. I had sort of said, yeah, whatever. It's it's just, maybe I just got dealt a bad hand in the early stages, but I made it up in the in the other innings. Um, but you just, you, you can't just repress it. That's the truth. Uh, so I had to deal with it. And while putting it on words, uh, I found and in my own research, I found what is now called the adverse childhood ex uh, experiences, the ACE, uh, ACE tests, ACE scores, um, and found that in essence, my, my trauma was directly connected to my learning disabilities. And 
and that that just kind of broke my heart and that's what that's what you know really really made it propelled me into this new chapter of my life where you know being involved in foster care being involved in giving back to my community talking to the folks like me to say look it's okay to be broken uh it, it could turn out better it could turn out better than than the institutions will tell you it can it can turn out better than the people giving you these tests are telling you um and i'm living proof um i didn't even know how broken i was and yet it turned out okay um does that make any sense it does it's inspirational because you know things get tough things get tough and when you get dealt a bad hand, when you suffer trauma, when you have all of these disabilities, what do you do? It's a metaphor for life in general. You do your best. And the way God makes you, if you do your best and you try as hard as you can, it's usually good enough. But you have to do that. And you have to have faith. And you have to work hard. And um, it's so good of you to write the book to inspire others. Do you have a copy of the book with you to show our audience? Ta -da! Look, at, look at that little boy. This, this was kind of, a, yeah. kind of a heartbreaking little picture. I mean, I'm broken like everybody else. I mean, it's, that's like a, And where can people find out more about you, more about your book, more about your websites, everything else? Well, the, 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 the book is called Broken Like Everybody Else. So we have, we have your prototypical website um actually i believe my website is my name mosedelcuerto.com but if you just type broken like everybody else it, it, you know it'll show up in amazon uh even though it's out of print um it we have and i and i and i still maintain uh i still maintain the 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 social media pages the, the instagram and and facebook pages for the book broken like everybody else um because i feel a responsibility um to those that we 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 said about once we wrote this book, uh, I was still in Gainesville, and along with my students, we set about to go find out how 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 big or how small or how regional or global this this thing is. And much to my and I must admit, much to my own surprise, uh, we have followers right now from. From every corner, every continent of this earth, uh, and they're typically suffer. They, they're typically people that have suffered trauma and somehow been dealt some pretty bad hands. And yet, they, you know, life goes on. You, they get married, they have kid, children. That you know, their life, life will will go on. So, um, yeah, I mean. I think I think my 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 real big passion is is and 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 talking to you, uh, Hacky, and 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 in in the different brains organization is is to talk to talk to the folks, particularly the young folks, who still have so much left in life, uh, that are dealt a hand that sounds like a bad hand. Uh, because that's really what it is. It sounds like a bad hand. Uh, you have dyslexia. I, my God, wait, can we can we now just, you know, write on a sheet of paper how many careers you just wiped out of the map? Because I can tell you a whole lot of careers that with dyslexia, you're not supposed to be in. Uh, you have dysgraphia. Well, there goes writing and there goes a whole lot of other things. 
you have ADHD, you have this, you have that. Yeah, that's that's true. But what people are not telling us, and I think it's an important message, is what's on the other side of it? Uh, because, I mean, it was funny because as I was writing this book and kind of in capturing my life story, I remember my my editor, my co-writer, for lack of a better word, and she didn't write it with my words, but the professor, when I was going into chapters of really, really dangerous stuff I was putting myself through, saying, Joe, what, what were you thinking? And I just remember vividly saying, I wasn't thinking. Maybe the trauma that I suffered in childhood dulled the fear element. So if, if you stop and just look at that for one second, you say, okay, wait, how can that be a good thing? Well, it wasn't a good thing then. I mean, I can't say that, you know, childhood trauma led me to be in a room with machine guns and, and bad people. And I was nervous because it was pale by comparison to some of the other stuff that I had gone through. I could actually see these people and I could see the machine guns. I couldn't see some of the other stuff coming and hitting me out of left field. But now I can see how I go into business endeavors and some people say, but aren't you afraid it's going to fail? And I look at them, I go, is that it? Is that your fear? Because honestly, I don't care. Honestly, it, it doesn't really matter. It, doesn't, it almost doesn't register. Um, and therefore, I can come at a, a brand new business endeavor that's that perhaps a, a non-broken mind would, would, would analyze and analyze it to death and, and say, no, 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 there's too many dangers and unknowns here. I would jump in and say, well, we'll find out along the way, won't we? And, you know, can we spell Silicon Valley? Because that's 99% you know, of those inventions out there are, were fraught with, 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 you know, dangers themselves. Um, so what could be a bad thing like childhood trauma would turn out to be a strength. What is one thing, one thing you wish everyone understood about the effects of trauma? It it learns it 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 can dull childhood trauma, can dull and will dull your your learning centers as you're growing up. Uh, actually, there's there's a, a very important. A uh, woman, I want to I want to say she is the Surgeon General of, of the State of California, Nadine Harris Burke, uh, and she's a pediatrician by trade. She's the one that started doing some work on this area, where she started saying, "Why are all my kids from the inner cities diagnosed with ADHD? It can't be in the water. It just can't be." Uh, there's got to be something else here. Uh, and sure enough, I mean, the, the, the levels of trauma were commensurate to, to, the, to the degree of, of ADHD and then, and then commensurate to what was going to happen to those children and to those adult, young adults and adults in life. Um, and I, I just think that the neurodivergent population, which I consider myself a an integral part of uh, we don't have to take whatever 
the system tells us that we're broken as a as a, as a, as a sentence as you know some judge came out here and said well this is it you you can't do this you can't live in this part of town you can't that mercedes that you're like no you can't have it. you can't have that wash you can't have whatever a plane you can't you no that's not for you that's for somebody else it's not true actually actually i would dare to say that we are the special ones uh it's it's the non-broken brains that I think are probably the slaves of their own brain because their brain gets in the way. Um, you know, at least that's what I think. Uh, I don't think things that much. I analyze them, I look at them, I read the risk, and then I take a, then, then I make my moves. Uh, still to this day, um, I I I very much let my soul, my heart, my gut. Um, have an integral part in the decision-making process, and and I refuse to take a label. So if, if there's one thing that I would like this audience to know is, don't take the label. We're we're the special ones. Well, Does that make it makes make sense. sense? And on that note, we're gonna we're gonna tell everybody that uh, we got to focus on the strength-based models, and not on what you're tough, what things are tougher. And nobody should feel like the Lone Ranger because all of our brains are different. Jose Del Cueto, very modest guy. I mean, all the work you've done in Latin American, pan-regional television, Univision, Telemundo, your business, DMG Solutions, we've only scratched the surface of that because I wanted to concentrate on the other stuff, but really, really appreciate you being with us, Joe, and, and uh, hope you will come back and of course. keep up the keep up the great work that you do. Thank you, thank you for having me, and I hope I hope it helps you know someone. Exploring different brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.